Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Green Acres podcast. At Green Acres, we strive to transform lives with the truth of Jesus. Today's message comes from Pastor Michael Gossett. I don't know if uh, you had a little bit of chaos this morning in your home or not, um, but we did, okay, because um, I had to rush out the door uh, like many of you did, and I think I left some people behind, and, um, you know, some people were dressed, and some people were not dressed, and, I mean, it was just chaos, okay, happening. Uh, mom's trying to get uh, ready for lunch, okay, get stuff in the crock pot, get everything ready. Anybody? Okay, just our home. All right, Katie, it's okay. All right. Um, but, but that's just kind of some of the business of Christmas morning. I, I have a couple of friends, all right? And, and before they come up, all right, I have four volunteers, okay? Before they come up, I just want you to know that I did not choose any of these people, all right? It keeps me out of trouble with my family and your family, all right? And so if you are one of those volunteers, okay, will you come on up, all right, right now? Maybe we didn't get volunteers. Okay, there we go. Okay, here we come. All right. All right, now listen. I was told a riddle, but now I can't remember. Gold, gold is for Goldilocks. That is a girl. Okay, so gold goes for girl. Okay, gold. Okay, and then a boy. Apparently, this is a boy gift. Green. All right, Dawson, you come over here, bud. All right, yeah, right there. Okay, now look, this is what we're going to do, okay? Um, we're going to have a little bit of a, a quick contest Cam, we need to see your game face, okay? No more smiling. We need to see your game face, all right? All right, Um, but we're gonna have a little bit of a contest, okay? Whoever opens up their present first gets to keep it, okay? Okay? Are y'all ready? On the count of three, one, two, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Dawson, all right, what do you hope that's in there? Are you indifferent? This is supposed to be fun. All right, Cam, what do you hope that it is in there? Name anything. If you could have anything in the world, just name it right now. What would it be? A puppy? No. Okay. All right, because I hope your dad gets you a puppy. All right, if it could be anything in the world, what could it be? Nerf gun. A Nerf gun? You know what? I know your dad. He can afford that. All right, you'll probably get one. All right, what about you? What do you think this is? Anything girlish, I think that is safe. On your mark, get set, go. All right, let's see. Wow, your wish did come true. That's amazing. All right, who is, whoa, you were first right here. Keep going, keep going. Oh, wow, is that not just incredible? Guess what? You win. Everyone else, you have to turn in your pre- I'm kidding. Everyone gets to keep it. Y'all go back to your seats. Give them a round of applause this morning. Look, y'all see what I'm getting at, right? Listen, every time you talk about opening presents, it's just pure chaos, okay? And then when it's all over... Uh, yeah, pretend that you cleaned up all the trash, okay? Just pretend this is gone. But when it's all over, the living room is back in order. Maybe you have a little fire going for the first time in East Texas for Christmas, okay? It's just peaceful. Does anybody just long for that moment? All right? Listen, this is what Israel truly was facing. I mean, if you think about it, remember, we've been talking about hope in desperation, light and darkness. 
joy and sorrow. And today we are talking about peace and chaos. Because, listen, this is indeed where Israel was heading. Listen, it was nothing but chaos for Israel. I mean, we've talked about this over the past couple of weeks, how Assyria is knocking on the door. They are here. And listen, there is nothing peaceful about the Assyrians. There's nothing peaceful about what is taking place. It is the chaos of war. It is the chaos of death. It is the chaos of turmoil. But they were promised a gift from Isaiah. Isaiah makes this incredible claim, but there will be a child that is coming. So if you have your Bible, we just open with, with me to Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to conclude our text today. We're going to c- conclude all of, of uh, the rest of Isaiah chapter 9 in our passage, uh, verses 6 and 7. All right, and I know you're juggling kids right now, and you know we're kind of we're like a Nehemiah eight church. Okay, we we stand at the reading of God's word, but I'm going to just ask. Look, you stay seated. I know most of you are comfortable juggling kids right now. I'm going to read it, okay, and you read with me, okay? Verse six says this: For a child will be born for us. It's like. Finally, we are at this point. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on. On and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Can I just pray for us? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for allowing us to be together right now to study what took place 700 years before the birth of your son. Father, that we can look and know even on this side of eternity of the gift that you have given us this gift of peace. And so, Lord, we praise you and thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so what does this passage have to do with peace, even in the midst of chaos? Because we know that chaos is abounding, but there's this promise of this gift of peace. He says that uh, there will be a child. There will be this child. And he starts naming this child. But listen to what he says in verse 6 in the Very first part, it says, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us. You see, the first thing that we see about peace is that we have peace in the presence of Christ. All right, not T.S., okay, but presence as he is with us. He was given to us. You see, this is the gift. We've been talking about this over and over again, but this is the gift that finally is coming for God's people to have. And it's the presence of Jesus himself. John three sixteen. we just heard it from Pastor Dustin with the kids, but it says this, for God loved the world in this way, Uh, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. 
This is a gift from God himself. In Luke 2, 11, it says this on the other side of the birth. It says, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Some translations say unto you, right? It's the same thing that who is the Messiah, the Lord. It's a gift that was given unto us, unto God's people, unto all those who would believe in him. And you know that so many times um, in the New Testament, over 40 times, Jesus is called a gift, And in fact, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9.15. It says, thanks be to God for for this indescribable gift. And this is what we see over and over again in the New Testament, that this is a gift. Jesus is a gift. Uh, The gospel is a gift to everyone who would believe. In fact, John Piper says this about Christmas in particular. He says, Christmas... What is it? It's the Son of God expressing the love of God to save us from the wrath of God so we could enjoy the presence of God. Listen, there is no such thing as peace apart from the presence of Jesus. This is why it is so incredible to say Emmanuel. The fact that God would ever dwell among his people is something that is uh, foreign to everyone. It is foreign to every other God. The Greeks cannot claim this. Uh, The Jews uh, could only claim this, that the fact that the God, Jehovah God, the one true God, came to dwell among his people. And so Isaiah describes what this child will be like. And he says this in verse B, uh, we see that we have peace in the person of Christ. Okay, so not only do we have the presence of Christ given to us from, uh, as a gift from God, but we can have peace because of who Jesus is. How is he described? It says, he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Isaiah gives us four names to describe this person so that we can better understand what this child will be like, um, how we can describe him. And the first one is wonderful counselor. Now, the English kind of falls short here because when we think about a wonderful counselor, someone that you go and visit, they help you solve problems. They help you work through things going on in your life. And this is a good thing. This is this is wonderful, okay? Um, it's wonderful, like Grace Works. We have wonderful counselors right here at Grace Works. But, but to call Jesus a wonderful counselor is a little bit more than that. It's not that he gets a five-star rating at the Messiah Counseling Center or anything like that on Google. Okay, listen, uh, the fact that he is a wonderful counselor means that he is the source of all needed counsel. He is the source of all wisdom. He is the source. He is the Logos. He is the source of all intellect and all knowledge. This is why John describes him in John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh, and he did what? He dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, the Greeks kind of 
understood this and they, they thought that there was an underlying truth to all things. Think about uh, building a house and you begin with the foundation and then every stud is stacked on that foundation in order to build this house. It is the same thing with knowledge. It is the same thing with truth as we know it. It begins with the foundation, which is Christ Jesus himself. The fact that John describes Jesus and calls him the word, the logos, means that it is Jesus only that is the foundation and and the source of all wisdom and knowledge. He then says that he is the mighty God. This is more than just power. This is more than just describing uh, the might of his strength. This is more than that. We might as well call him the warrior God. The, the mighty one is the one who can be, uh, cannot be beaten he is the only one who is in, uh, uh, he is, uh, what is that word? Invincible. I knew it would come, all right? Just hang on with me. He is the God of all gods. He is the Lord of all things. He is the creator of all things. And Hebrews tells us that even by the power of his word, that he is sustaining all things. He alone is the mighty God, not just in power and strength, but in all things. And then he describes him as the eternal or everlasting father. Now, whether or not you have a godly example of a father, you have a heavenly father who is described as everlasting. And now it's not just talking about the eternal being of who God is, the one who has never been created nor will ever not be present or there, okay? It's not just describing the eternality of God himself, but but he attaches the eternal, the everlasting father. Why is this important? Because God, who is the ruler of all things, is also the good, good father to you. It doesn't matter about your father here on earth. You have a good father who is in heaven. And because he is everlasting, there will never be a time in your life that this child who is coming is not a good father to you. You see, this is incredible to think about. The intimacy that is described here takes this distant uh, foreign God. And then all of a sudden, you can understand him as a child understands his own father and to know that this father who is everlasting, this father who is eternal, will never once turn his back on you. You see, Israel needed to know this. With the Assyrians coming at them with war just in chaos happening around them, one of the most peaceful thoughts they could have is that God loves us so much. Not only did he send us his only son to die in our place, but he is the eternal everlasting father who will never do me wrong and will always be good to me. Wow, what a peaceful thought. What tranquility should overwhelm us at the thought that the God of the universe would look at you as his child and say, you are mine, you belong to me. Oh, what a gift this is. And then he says he is the prince of peace. This means that he 
is not only the source of knowledge and wisdom, but he is the source of peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding does not come unless it is the prince of shalom, the, uh, where, where all peace originates from. And this is what we see in Ephesians 2.14. It says, for he, talking about Jesus, is our peace. Can you just pause right there? You know, I don't, I don't know if you are experiencing peace in your life, but this is very personal from Paul. He says, for he is our. It means that the peace of God belongs to us. For those who believe in him, for those who trust in him, he says that he is our peace that we can have within us. It doesn't matter what is going on around you. It doesn't matter what you are facing. It doesn't matter what crisis or chaos is abounding. You can have the peace because his peace is our peace. Why? Because he is the prince of peace. And then the last thing that we see from Isaiah in this promise 700 years before Jesus came is that we can have peace in the purpose of Christ. You see, so many times in our lives, we fill our calendars, we fill our agendas, we fill our lives, our families with so many other things other than the purpose of Christ. Do you know what this is? This adds chaos to your family. When you, when you steer yourself, when you steer your family, when you steer your marriage away from the purpose of Christ, all you're doing is putting up obstacles to peace in your life. You are allowing and causing peace to disappear because when you focus on everything else other than the purpose of Christ, you figure out that you are leading a life toward chaos apart from Christ. And here's what is welcome. Jesus says, listen, my purpose is your purpose. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 9-7. It says, the dominion will be vast. There will be no boundaries. There will be no borders to his rule or his kingdom. Its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. The purpose of God will be accomplished. And it is proven because we still celebrate Christmas to the day. It is proven in the person of Jesus Christ. It is proven in the presence of Jesus Christ, that his purpose will remain. And this is exactly where we need to understand it in our lives to align with what Isaiah was prophesying 700 years before the birth of Jesus, that this purpose, this dominion, this kingdom is what your life should be about, what you should focus on. And I want to leave you with this truth, that there is no peace horizontally apart from this vertical peace that can only be received and given through Jesus Christ himself, the source of all peace. This is why Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have what? We have peace 
with God through him, through our Lord Jesus Christ. That this is the promise that we have, that the only way you can have peace is when you are justified by Christ himself. When you have a right standing before God the Father, and when you have this vertical peace that is only from Jesus himself, you can extend peace to every single other person around you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what is going on in your life. And so this is what I want to do. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray right now, and I want to ask you to pray with me. Pray for the peace of God this Christmas that was only given because Jesus came as a baby in a manger and went to the cross on your behalf. Will you just pray right now that we would experience that peace as God's people? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to celebrate you today. God, thank you that you came to earth. And Father, that you humbled yourself, you emptied yourself. You dwelled among man, Father, so that we can be rescued and have your peace eternally. God, thank you for that gift. I pray right now, Father, that we would experience this gift of peace, God, that you would overwhelm us with your peace. And as we go from here, God, that you would remind us of the peace that you have given us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us today with our church family here at Green Acres Baptist Church. And this invitation is for you. Maybe God is stirring in your heart right now from what you have heard Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Uh, Maybe God is calling you right now for salvation. You know, the Bible is very clear that if we uh, confess with our mouth and if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says that you will be saved. And so right now you could pray a very simple prayer and just say, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you to come into my life and save me. If that's you today, we wanna help you and walk with you with this decision. Maybe for others of you, Uh, Maybe you've been saved, but maybe you've been waiting to get baptized. Uh, Maybe you need to figure out what it means to be a member of our church here at Green Acres. Whatever that decision is, we want to come alongside you. And so do us a favor. You can fill out the Connect card at GABC.org, and one of our team members will be with you very shortly. Whatever it is that God has laid on your heart, we want to walk with you in your growth in Jesus Christ. I look forward to hearing from you soon.